Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week's episode is with Drew Delion, who's a pretty rad dude. He's worked at a ton of different labels. He's worked as a manager, but now he's focusing on a project of his own called The Digilog, which is basically a community, both online and in person, that focuses on three things. And those three things are things that I like quite a lot, which is education, artist discovery, and careers in music. And we talk not only about his story, but all three of those things. Specifically, we get into jobs in music and how to really find your place in that and how he found his place in that. It's a topic that I end up talking about a lot because I really do want to help people who are interested in developing that side or advancing in music. And I thought he would be a really fun person to talk to. He had a ton of insight. So that was very cool. Without further ado, let's get into it. Enjoy. Where are all my friends? Drew Delion. And uh, again, yet again, shout out to Nick for connecting me with another rad person. And for the listener, I don't really know too, too much about you. We talked once on the phone and my feeling where I wanted to leave it is, whoa, you and I have the same purposes with a lot of things of trying to make music and the community a better place. Uh, Outside of that, I think we have a very different story that got us to caring about that same thing. And I'm so intrigued by you. I see what you're doing online and I'm just like, holy fuck, tell me everything. So that's my little setup. What's up, dude? Thank you for joining. Hey, what's up, Andrew? Uh, what's up to everyone tuning in? Um, like you said, shout out to Nick um, for recommending me to, to connect with you. And also great interview with Christine as well. So shout out to her. Yo, right now. So, yeah. Ha- happy to be here. Yeah, dude. No, for real. It's it's really cool. And I think like something that I really enjoy on this podcast is this feeling that within the music industry specifically, but it's really any creative industry, a lot of times you'll see like the big name figurehead artist or the the very well-known people, collaborators. But there are so many people that do the coolest shit that are just inherently like low-key. Like a lot of the business is a little more behind the scenes. But for myself, when I was kind of really getting into the stride of my career, I was very interested in that side of it. And I wanted more resource and I wanted to hear from more people like that. And I feel like, again, I don't know your story, but I kind of feel that in you where it's like, I had to kind of do a little bit of digging to be like, whoa, fuck, like you've done what? So yeah, like I'm just very interested in that. No, appreciate that. Yeah, no, we we have, there's a lot of parallels that I think, um, to your point, just being able to like share the stories of all these ama- amazing, you know, individuals behind the scenes um, that really impact, you know, the music community every day, um, and just to be able to share their stories because a lot of those stories really connect. Uh, I think for this future generation, because you know, um, everyone may have a certain idea of how to like break into music, but like I said, everyone has a different entry point. And um, I think a lot of the stories do connect with and resonate with with this younger audience that, you know, I think they assume that there's just a certain way to, to, to enter the space, but there's not. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, okay. So here, before we get ahead of ourselves, for anybody who doesn't know who you are, quickly mm-hmm. kind of paint the picture of who you are and what you're currently up to and what you're doing. And then we'll kind of backtrack it and like take it through how you got there. Yeah, definitely. So uh, for those... Uh, new uh, to me. Uh, my name is Drew Delian. I'm one of the co-founders, and I, I also head digital marketing for uh, a global music and com- tech and community called the Digilog. Uh, we've been programming for the past five years, and we primarily focus 
on three verticals, which you know, you know, includes music education, which is really the foundation that we focus on, and music careers, where we really, you know, provide resources for this next generation with job listings and opportunities, and then artist discovery, where we really help you know independent artists with opportunities from playlisting support to like editorial content. So, you know, um, I think when I first started, you know, my first passion was just you know, my first why was really the artist. But I think as you know that my my career evolved it's really this music community that really has become my second why and um and i'm super excited to do this uh full time now yeah wow no that's that's really cool it's really really cool and again i think like as you carve out a little bit of success in your own lane you maybe start to think about the future and the how you can help build a community and how you can do more than just yourself and taking care of yourself so I feel that a lot in your story, but maybe take me back. Like, oh, another thing too to add to that is my outside perception of the digilog and something that I, I, when people get it, they get it. The visual aesthetic and the presentation and the attention to detail that I have seen in that is remarkable. And I think that that's such a great sign of like people who take pride in what they do. And as I kind of did my brief homework and went through it and really like understood it, that was something that stood out to me quite a lot. And a piece that I really liked was you as well have a podcast. Maybe it's on pause a little bit right now, but um, the L's, lessons learned. Oh, and like yeah. just that, right? Like what a great concept. Like I, I just that name and it, it was so cool because a lot of podcasts like this, it's like, cool, who are you? What was your story or come up all that? I really like the angle of like, where did you fuck up? What were your biggest L's? And then what did you learn from that? That was a really cool approach. So that was a, another thing that I, I want to immediately flag of like, hey, fuck yeah, you do this other cool thing. Appreciate it. I have to give uh, kudos to the team. Um, and a team includes like, um, few, you know, past attendees, um, people that I've met through past events, and they just, you know, been been part of the community for the past five years. So I got to give credit, a shout out to the team. It's, uh, it's not a one man band, and um, you know, I just got to give so much credit to them. Yeah, damn. Well, it's a it's a well executed presentation for the whole team, and that's cool. Um, so for you, what? Uh, where did? Where was your first moment? of finding it, maybe it was music, maybe it was something else, but like kind of that moment in your early days of being like, yo, I fucking love this. And this is the lane. Like, where did you find that? I think, um, you know, growing up, um, everyone, you know, they're, they're always kind of looking for like their purpose and like where they fit in. Um, for me, you know, uh, first generation Filipino. So when I first came to the States, you know, the big pressure for my family was just to study hard get good grades, um, eventually get a job so you can support, you know, your parents. And, you know, when I went to college, I went to a business school um, in the city and it was primarily focused on finance and accounting. So my first major was just accounting because in my mind, I was like, all right, well, if I just get this secure job, this guaranteed salary, I'm going to make my parents happy and, you know, give back to all the sacrifices they offered me. But in doing that, you know, I was like, you know, I quickly found out that accounting wasn't it. Um, and the assumption that, you know, you know, like I love, I love, you know, I love numbers, but I don't love it enough where like I wanted to do that as a full-time, you know, gig. So I quickly pivoted and I decided to pursue marketing. I think there's definitely like early signs of me, like loving marketing, but obviously loving music as well. And I was always surrounded by creative friends, even though 
I was just focused on like the business side of things. Um, I had friends that were artists, I had friends that were DJs, I had friends that were just photographers. So for me, like I was always like that creative business mind, but you know, surrounded by creatives. Um, so that helped me just kind of maintain, you know, my creativity and my love for marketing. But, you know, like I said, going back to my point about kind of satisfy, you know, satisfying my parents and their, you know, their expectations. Um, I, I took this finance gig right off the gate. They were super happy, proud of me. You know, I'm the eldest of like five kids. So they're okay. like, all right, you did it. Now, you know, you can help us out. And it was a lot of pressure. So, you know, I had to really like overcompensate just to do doing things for other people because that's naturally like my persona. And I didn't necessarily think about myself. I didn't think about like what was important to me and what I valued. And, you know, around 25, um, you know, this was what at, at the, really at the, the the height of the recession this was around 2009 and mind you like if you're like trying to leave a job it's probably the worst time to do so so yeah fuck. Um, you know and the thing is like i was working uh like close to 67 hours a week uh for this investment bank and as a trade analyst and i was like you know what i need to figure out like what makes me happy and what inspires me every day and this is not it, it it's not living in an apartment in the city it's not having this great salary it's something bigger than this. I don't know what it is, but I need to figure it out. And you're not going to get that answer immediately. But, you know, once I decided to take that leap, you know, you know, my family wasn't necessarily happy. A lot of people were just very, just like confused, but mm-hmm. I needed to do something for myself. So what I did was, you know, I took some time off. I decided to travel to California for a bit and just like really just found some alone time for myself and just kind of hear my thoughts. So I traveled up and down the coast, saw family members just to like, you know, catch up with them. And once, you know, you leave the city, you know, you get to like really hear your thoughts. You get to like really see things slowing down. And, um, and that's where like, I started to like, all right, what can I do? And my friend at the time was a DJ and he was like, you know, I drew like, you're, you're like my friend and I need your help. You have strong business acumen. I need to help me like get gigs in the city. I was like, I don't know what that means, but um, I know business, I know how to write emails, so I know how to talk to people. So that's what I did. And eventually fast forward, I became his manager. And that was really my first entry point in music, just becoming his manager. And um, I just had to, you know, I didn't have a book, I didn't have a mentor, I just kind of dove right into it. Dude, I so many parallels in that. Like I think that's very relatable. I think a lot of people will chase a solid career stability then kind of have that moment where you're like, oh, fuck, I made money and I'm still not happy. What's this mean? And then like that moment. But it, I, I certainly very much relate to all of that. Would I know the artist that you that you managed first? The DJ? No. I mean, he's uh, I don't know if he's even DJing anymore. But yeah, okay. he was. Yeah. Because I remember like he had a library of music. And and this is a really pivotal time in DJing where, you know, everything trans, you know, trans, um, transferred over from vinyl to Serato. So yeah. Everyone's oh. DJing on their Macs and, you know, and it was yeah. like, hey, it, it created more access for people to like, to yeah, DJ yeah, too. damn. So then for you, like, that's a really interesting point in your life. So you're how old when you're kind of like, okay, I guess I'll take a crack at this manager thing. 25. 25. Okay. Yes. I feel that. Like you're old enough that you're an adult and you've carved it out and you've experienced life, but you're still relatively young and you got that grit to like keep going and like chase shit and work hard. What like, I mean, 
I know my personal experiences, but like, did you, was it some amounts of quick success where you're like, oh shit, I can do this? Or did you have like a lot of moments of like, what did I just sign up for? And like, like, like how long did it take to start clicking? You didn't have a mentor, like, like just paint that picture. Cause that, those moments to me are everything. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you're a manager and I think for the audience or for any past managers, um, it's, it's a selfless job and you know, you're managing an artist, uh, or a DJ. Um, in my case, I was just trying to figure out how I can help my friend. I didn't necessarily think of it as like a business venture in the beginning. Um, I did have to like make things official, right? Create an email. I created like my own LLC just to, to make things official. But, you know, at, at the time, you know, I just wanted to help them help them out. But gigs, you know, I got a small percentage based off like what gigs I got them, but it wasn't necessarily going to be like my main source of income. So I had to figure out what my side hustle was or whatever that may be. I just remember all these different side hustles at the time just to like pay rent. Um, I was a, a tutor um, for math, which is funny because I didn't say love math, um, but I was, I, was, I was good at it. Um, and I was a tutor for, in high school. I worked at this, uh, what's it called, this um, footwear store boutique in Soho. Um, I remember I was a, uh, a softball referee on the weekends. I also refereed <laughs> ah. uh, volleyball games. I just figured out any way that I could just make cash um, yeah. while I could like do this. So once I found stability, so around 2011, um, my friend uh, was able to connect me with um, the manager over at Beats by Dre. So the, the headphone company was really like the hottest headphone at the time. It was like the, wearing Jordans on your head. And yeah, yeah. They, they were opening up a boutique store in Soho with like a pop-up store for three months. And they were looking for like a brand manager. They were looking for someone to kind of like help, you know, invite artists from the community and also work at the store. I was like, it was like a great opportunity because it provided stability. But also I got to work um, with different artists and invite them at, into the, the concept store. So mind you, like, for that first year right after like i decided to leave it was oof. um <laughs> and i definitely had my back against the wall like definitely had to like reach out to like family to help me out and it was it was a humbling moment because you know you're just you're just making you when you wake up you're happy but mm. when you think about the reality of it it's like this is not sustainable and yeah. but you know i stuck with it like and you know it wasn't about just like um all right i'm just gonna give up no i'm gonna deal with this i'm gonna scale back because you got to think about it like i was in a place where i was getting a regular salary i was living in the city i was living in downtown Manhattan, and to move to, to you know, change that mindset it allowed me to, to really just remove the things that weren't important to me and yeah really appreciate you know the real friendships that i had and you know, you, you you'd be surprised the circles have shifted. Like, all right, cool. Like, you're not that guy anymore that's buying people drinks on weekends. Like, you're the guy that's like, yeah. all right, I'm not gonna go out because I don't have bread to. You know, yeah, it's like, dude, dude, that's so real. And what about your thoughts? Like, as you were coming into a totally different industry, I know at least for myself, I always kind of think about this or joke about this. Of if I had known fully, like, this is fucking it this is my thing. I'm in it forever. This specific trade. 
I probably would have been further along in my career faster, but I think that I knew that I really liked music and I knew that, I mean, I can't play anything. So I knew that it was helping artists. Like I always thought it was so cool to help these incredible creative people accomplish these amazing things, but it took a minute to find my true place. Cause I worked at a label, a tour manager, blah, 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 management. So for you coming into it in management, did you feel instantly like, all right, yeah, this is it? Or did you kind of like start to think like, okay, this is cool, but I wonder if I dabble in other spots as well. Like, what was that like? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, well, the management part was just because as a manager, you just do everything. Yeah. Um, and for me, like I studied marketing. So marketing was always just like my biggest strength, like just coming up with creative ideas. And it was such a, an interesting time in terms of the digital space where digital media and streaming oh. was really at, at the forefront of this kind of like this new chapter in music, right? So, you know, Instagram started, you know, just came out, Twitter. Um, it's like Facebook. back when social was fun. Yeah, social was fun. And, and, and just trying to like navigate that with um, with new music and new artists. So like for me, that that's where I found um, kind of like my 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 biggest value towards the music community is like marketing but eventually digital marketing and yeah. to be able to kind of try go through trial and experience with testing things out from a marketing standpoint i got to test that out just with the artists and like djs i worked with and it was really cool because everything was just brand new like yeah. you know yeah. no one knew what streaming was going to be no one knew what instagram was going to be or twitter we were just yeah. like figuring it out going you know day by day and it was fun um yeah so uh, your podcast, The L's, you talk about those failures and all that. But I'm curious, like in that moment, as you were coming up, did you have any moments in trial and error with that where you had like a holy fuck, like, yo, this worked? Like, did you have any like early moments of ideas coming together and just like crushing it? Yeah, I think um, I remember with, with Facebook, um, my biggest thing was just always about creating fandom. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, being able to create Facebook groups for, um, like, the DJ and, like, the artists that I was working with and just being able to create, like, a, a cool hub where, like, fans can talk to them. You know, mm-hmm. just, like, coming up with these ideas, like, all right, let's just create a Facebook group, you know, yeah. for your fans. All right, yeah. cool. Dope. Um, and then with Twitter, uh, Twitter was just always just kind of, like, your, your subconscious talking. So, like, how do we, you know, showcase your personality on this thing that yeah. people like to just ramble about so mm-hmm. just just you know going through those experiences and testing it out because we didn't necessarily know what it was that we were doing we we're just you know just going through the motions and then i remember um also there was a platform called wix at the time like we were just we created a, a website so just oh, yeah. being able to to like create things um that were accessible all these digital tools that yeah necessarily like wasn't as hard as it was maybe like 10 or, you know, 10 years before that, where like now it's a lot easier to market uh, your music online. Um, and obviously yeah. during that time too, like um, MySpace started to phase out. So just trying to figure out what the new tools were, were going to be. So I think yeah. that was cool. It's funny, like you're saying all of that and every single thing there, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the reason why I'm following along and that it feels so normal is because <laughs> It wasn't always the standard. I feel like now here we are in 2022 and it's like, well, yeah, you kind of just have to do those things, but take that 10 years back and the people who executed that well, that was 
that was doing it. Like that was really like pushing certain things and playing around with that and learning how to have a voice on some of those platforms wasn't the the necessary. It was like the above and beyond and the like, whoa, cool. Like this artist figured that out. So it's kind of funny. Like I think back to that and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And, and just doing really cool things um, in person. Like I, I remember we did like a, like an art gallery slash like music event where like our artists performed and just creating like, like for me was about creating really cool moments where mm-hmm. artists wasn't just like performing at a stage on a stage. It was like, how do yeah. we create an experience? Yeah. Um, and we, we did something where like we collaborated with an artist and they put a bunch of art and they had the artist perform. So just, just making, you know, those type of experiences, especially with an indie artist, just being collaborative. And obviously we have to bootstrap and be resourceful, ask a lot of favors. Um, like, Hey, huge favorite like i need you to do this please um yeah and, and everything you know during that time was just like last minute to like you know the last hour just to get things done and yeah it's just you know but my, my mindset was like well we're gonna get this done i don't know how we're gonna do it but we're gonna do it <laughs> yep yeah dude that's yeah i fucking feel you so all right. So that's, you're carving out your lane. You're doing that. You're kind of finding digital, all that. What's like the next evolution of your career? Where does it go from there? Yeah. So fast forward, um, from, you know, 2009 to like 20, 2016. And, you know, I was working at Beats by Dre, as I mentioned, but mm-hmm. around 2014, um, I had, you know, I decided I was like, all right, I can't do this for the next two years. Like I can't just be working at this store. Um, I need to like really just jump into this. So I decided to focus on my like agency slash management company called Blank Label. And around 2014 to 2016, and that's what I did. Um, I, you know, going back to Wix. So I had a Wix website. And at yeah. the time, Wix, um, they had a co-working space in downtown Manhattan. And one of the perks was that if you had a Wix website, you could sign up to like um, work out of there um, no shit. Yeah, if you're approved, you get to work out of there for free. Damn. Um, and you get to work with like all these different creatives that come from different sectors, from like finance, from advertising, marketing. That's a cool idea. Yeah. So it was like really the creative like co-working space, and I got approved, and I started working there um, around 2015. Um, and I went in there every day from the moment that they opened until they they ended at 5 p.m. and just worked and, and that's where like I started consulting artists independent artists at the time and you know helping build their digital and then using Wix I started designing like artist websites um, for artists and then really building you know like my independent business but and then with that in mind um, I started to see um, you know opportunity there where like you know there's this community here where I see different sectors like finance um, fashion, they, they they were doing meetups, but I didn't see music. So in my mind, I was like, how do we, you know, invite all these artists across New York City to like do some meetups? And um, I reached out to my friend at the time that was working with me at the co-working space. I was like, let's do like a like like a music meetup. I don't know what to call it, um, like a like a dialogue or something or a digital ah. dialogue, um, but because we had gone to like a networking event and you had to pay for it. And it was so transactional. I was like, I want to create something that's just super inclusive where people can just join. And we did it. So around the summer of 2016, um, I was still working out of that co-working space and 
we decided to launch our first Digilog workshop, which had about 16 people and, you know, invited people to, to meet up. And it was great because they were like, so when's the next one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. when the next one? And they were like, and then it was like 50 people at the next event. And then they're like, when's the next one? They're like, all right, well, let's do another event. And with these workshops, we our first workshop was a, um, a DJ workshop with Serato. Our, our next one was a songwriting workshop. So just teaching, you know, the community how to do things from a basic yeah. level. And eventually we scaled into like panel discussions. And, you know, over time, you just start to like program these events. And we started doing um, these these events, you know, at the Wix co-working space. We started working and collaborating with uh, Microsoft and Eventually, um, we started working with um, with WeWork, and you know, during the time WeWork was like the co-working space, yeah. so yeah. it was cool to work with them as well. And um, as we're I'm programming this, um, the industry, you know, is is getting wind of it because we're highlighting, you know, all the up and coming music professionals during these discussions. We're not talking like VPs or EVPs. Literally, the people that just got hired or are two or three years out to talk about their experiences in what they're doing in music, and it made yeah. people more accessible to just approach them. And yes, that's what yes. we wanted to do. And um, yeah, so around that was around like you know, like I said, we launched in 2016. Fast forward to 2018, um, you know, the one of our community members was working at Def Jam at the time. He DM'd me. He was like, I love everything that you're doing. I love your social presence. Help me do digital marketing at the label. I was like, okay, okay. I was like, okay. So I'm, you know, been independent for so long and I'm trying to build this community. I was like, you know, I might as well do it, you know, as a consultant. And, and I was very, you know, grateful for it. You know, I learned a lot. I got to learn about the business um, from a major label standpoint and really apply a lot of the things I learned as an entrepreneur where, yeah. you know, you don't have all these resources and money sometimes and you just got to be resourceful. Yeah. And I brought a lot of my relationships to, you know, to that. And um, it just coincided with what I was doing with the digital art because I just kept programming and building the digital art while I was working at Def Jam at the time. This is around 2018. And that was really a pivotal you know point for me in my career. Um, I mean, yeah, that sounds like it. I mean, and dude, Def Jam too, like that's what a great company to align with and what a great place to be able to learn and apply your skill set. Like, damn. Yeah, it, it was definitely a humbling moment too, just because I was, you know, older, right? So I came in there, you know, around when I was like 33. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, obviously there was a lot of younger people that had more like label experience. But the way yeah. I approached it, I was like, I approached it as if I was like the intern, right? First person there, last person out. And, no shit. And I was like, I need, I need to prove myself. I need yeah. to show that, you know, I definitely had moments of just doubt, just like, do I belong here? And especially when you go into like that first label meeting um, and there's like 30 people and they ask you to talk, just like, and they're, you know, they're like, you're like, what? <laughs> um but once I got through the first like month or two, I was like, I definitely belong here, you know. Really, really. Yeah, yeah. So wow. it's, like, it's intimidating. It's, it's intimidating because like you, you definitely have um, those doubts, um, you know, when you're, you're when you're in those spaces. Yeah, but that's that's a really interesting thing to hear because by that time, 
you'd lived some life. You knew what it was like on the management side. You knew what it was like to do digital independent. You were carving out success with the Digilog. You were putting together a community and events. So like, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier is like, you really did get a good feel of many different facets in the industry. So then a little bit later as an age to, to go to a major and to be like, yo, this is it. I fit in here. It's really interesting. So, because also too, you do not currently work at Def Jam anymore, right? No, I, I don't work at Def Jam anymore. I was there for two years and you yeah. know, really enjoyed my experience. And then I quickly pivoted um, and had an opportunity to like head digital over at Alamo Records, which is a boutique label. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, Yo, but uh, Alamo, like you say boutique, like, yes, true. But Alamo has some fucking heavy hitters. Like that's not like just some little thing. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to, you know, for that opportunity. And I think that experience was taking like the big corporate experience and taking my entrepreneur experience and putting it in one place. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's like, all right, cool. Like, you you know how things run, but you also can be resourceful and just, you know, be able to like pick up, you know, just like responsibilities. Because I think when you're a smaller team, you just, you do a lot more. Yeah. And that's what I learned. And that's, that's why I enjoyed my experience, but yeah. And then fast forward now, um, you know, I was there for two years, you know, really led digital during the pandemic, um, you know, work with like, yeah, it was, it was definitely challenging, but my biggest thing was just like maintaining culture for my team. And, you know, especially when days were tough. It's funny. Cause it's kind of full circle, right? It's like you went all in on yourself earlier in your life and your career and then kind of had this interesting moment where you're like hmm labels maybe this works and then really found yourself a home in that and then kind of combined the two with alamo and then get to the spot where you're back to being like all right all in on myself let's fucking go yeah yeah definitely and if like everyone has a different like i said journey and so the way i looked at it is like i think that experience working at the label was super important for me just to understand how it worked and yeah. then just not just from my own experience but also from an educational standpoint for the digital community so i can educate yeah. people yeah um, wow true so a lot why of did the, you end yeah. up leaving alamo um i mean personally for me it was really just to like double down on the digital um, you just felt it yeah i think you you do this you know you hit it like a really like an important flexion point and you know we hit mm-hmm. our five years and with numerous iterations because you know at one point we're like oh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be an app we're like no Mm. we're gonna do this but i think the pandemic allowed us to really discover like what our main like verticals were and music education artist discovery music careers essentially became that and i think there's just a clear picture as to like what we want to focus on and how i want to like help the community grow and I want to be able to do it now where, you know, in terms of like my responsibilities, you know, I don't have like a family or, you know, I'm with my family. I don't have kids. So I need to do this now, you know? Yeah. Wow, dude. I I mean, again, I fucking love that. And I, I really don't like to make episodes about myself. So all I'll say is I deeply personally relate to that journey of working with corporations and working with companies and the steady income and the community and the big title and status. And then that inner feeling of like, fuck, I have this thing that I've made myself or, you know, with a team, but like have a thing that you like kind of started with you and your circle. And you have such a purpose to just do it. And 
you know, like you kind of sometimes have to just take that risk or double down because you'll probably think about forever if you hadn't done it. And a lot of times other jobs in the industry will still be there even if it fails. So that's all I'll say, but I fucking relate. I mean, it's, you know, every day I, I, I tweeted this uh, probably a few days ago, you know, uh, I, I tweeted, you know, taking each day, uh, one day at a time and, and really just at my own pace. And, you know, I'm not thinking too big picture. I'm just really just approaching it day by day and just making sure like I'm present, you know, and that's a balance. Dude, I, I don't know, man. Again, everything you're saying there, I'm just like, yep, yep. All of that. Holy shit. Yes. The balance, all of it. Speaking of the Digilog though, I'm new to really fully grasping the concept, but I think again, the one time we did talk, what really stood out to me was the general purpose or why of really helping people in all of those verticals. And I think a lot of the people listening to this podcast are either artists that are on their grind and starting to succeed, which is cool, or people that are looking to get aside in the music industry or really just, again, like creative careers. You're either trying to do your own creative thing or trying to work with a dope company. I really like your career vertical because I think it's one of those things where everybody wins. And I love building things where you're not taking advantage of anybody. It's like this very, very mutual benefit. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but basically the idea that if you build a dope community with the Digilog and you have all of these rad people that are continuously educating themselves and discovering new rad music and very passionate about careers in this, then that's very valuable to companies. I think a lot of people looking to get jobs in music or creative careers maybe don't realize just how valuable it is to be passionate and to be a fan of some of these things. And that's what companies want and need. So for you to bridge that gap and to have that community where then you can almost be this talent finder or a mediary, is that the word? Is that a word? I don't know. But like to to connect the right people to the right places, that's really fucking cool to me. And I don't hear a lot of it. So if you don't mind, tell me specifically about that. I think with music careers, um, we didn't necessarily un- understand um, how important it was until the beginning of 2020 and within the mm-hmm. pandemic. So um, just to backtrack a little bit, you know, our bread and butter and really the foundation of Digilog for the first three years was education and networking. So being able to just have these IRL events to be able to like connect, uh, but also to be able to like um, foster education through like our workshops and just have speakers but we were like, how do we continue just to elevate our resources? So we, we discovered that, you know, a lot of our audience were young professionals, college students, and they're just like looking for resources in terms of jobs. And you're like, well, the easiest thing that we can do is, you know, at least, you know, how do we make the job finding um, task a lot easier for yeah. the community? So we basically paraphrased, you know, the job descriptions, which, which are like sometimes like 10 paragraphs. And Dude and put them in a a digestible like paragraph on socials and made it super easy for people to find opportunities, especially during the pandemic. And and that was super important for us. And then within that, we're like, so how do we continue to like guide this, this, this audience of like college students and like early careers. So we decided to actually launch a music career summit during the pandemic where we uh, featured like over 40 speakers to talk about their roles because I think anyone that wants to enter the music space often wants to be an A&R or a manager. And there's so many more roles that you can apply for because of your interests. You can love math and 
and go be a data analyst. You can also love math and also be an R researcher. You know, yeah. there's so many things that you can do. So we want to expand the um, the understanding that and, and really educate that there's so many different roles because of your interest. And that you don't have to be an A&R manager to be in music. Part of that education is evergreen. So it's on, ongoing. Again, I, I keep having these moments where I'm like, uh-huh, yes, that's, I agree, strong agree. But again, I, I love that you are breaking that down. And I think even to this day, I'll kind of have to re-educate myself on what specific titles really are and what they do. Because again, you'll hear the, like, you know, A&R is such a term. You always hear that. That's the dope job to have. But there are a lot of jobs in these fields that maybe people don't realize that all of their favorite things are the most qualifying skill sets and there's absolutely a place for them. So for you to translate that a little bit better is pretty dope. Definitely. And just really just to manage expectations where like, I think for a lot of college students and like anyone that's looking to pivot from their, let's say um, their current, current career, which might be in a different sector, is yeah. that you don't necessarily have to like prioritize like the big three um, whether it's like Warner, UMG, or Sony, as like the job to make it. You can, you know, start your passions in music with your own ventures, create something on your own. You can also, there's a lot of like independent companies. There's a lot of music tech adjacent companies. So we're just educating the, the music community that of all these different companies as well. And yeah. like I said, we're not just a job board because I think we really want to like stress that. It's really this education that we're providing on music careers is evergreen. Like we're teaching about roles. We're teaching about terms, you know, everything that we're providing is evergreen as you're trying to navigate during your career. How's somebody get involved? Like, how do you, how do you get involved in that community and how do you start to learn with that? Yeah. I always encourage, uh, obviously the, the, the simplest thing is to obviously follow us on socials and these events are free and just be able to like engage with, not only just these workshops, but also with the peers from your community, from the digital community, to be able to like follow our, our LinkedIn page and, you know, find who's uh, following us, right? And just seeing like, oh, I should network with this person, with this person, because, you know, the entry point into music is not like you're an accountant where you just have, you just study accounting and you just get an accounting job. Yeah. Um, it's always been centered on relationships and being able to like be participating in the community as a whole. So, um, you don't just work in the music industry and just and just clock out. Like I think it's important that you participate in, um, you know, whether it's like you go to shows, whether you're with your peers, because it's a lifestyle. As you and I, I think like I feel a strong purpose as well to help people, and that's I like to do this podcast because when I was trying to get involved more and. It was f hard for me to find resource, and I hated how kind of gatekeepy it felt at times. And I, I very much like I love building community. I love. I think there's plenty of room for everyone to succeed, and I think everybody that's passionate about an industry should have a chance. But like, what do you, what do you honestly think the best way to have real community on social is these days? Like, I the way I approach it is like the way that. We had our first when when we first had our first event that had sixteen people. That's the same mentality that we have now that we have a, a larger audience, right? Whether it's engaging with people that comment on your post, you know, as as many direct messages I get, I, I make it an effort to to respond to them and respond to comments and let them know that you're not talking to a wall or you're just talking to a logo. 
there's real mm-hmm. people behind this and yeah and it's really just generally like engaging with them um a part of that too is being able to take time and and as busy as i am you know to have like an office hours i basically black out an entire week and i jump on like 40 to 50 calls one-on-ones and with the community just to hear about their feedback what they're looking for you know just kind of just tips in terms of navigating you know in terms of applying for jobs or yeah it's just i, I think That's it's cool. super important to have that relationship and yeah for, for for the community to really engage and feel like they're they're part of it you know it's not like a one-way street where you're just like getting all this information and you're not actually talking to the people that really power this you know this platform this community and i always like to say the community drives us we're we're just here to like um really program the ideas and needs that you know the community wants um yeah. we're always community driven you know that's part of our really like our our dna and um it's important to have that relationship i agree again with all of that i i've lately I've been trying a lot more with discord. That's probably one of the places that I've actually been like, wow, cool. We can just hang out and talk. Like I, I lately, like I made one for the, where all my friends podcast and we'll just do voice chats where everyone will jump in. And it's similar, like where it's just like, how is everybody like what y'all do? And you're trying to apply for jobs. Where's everyone at? And it's not just me answering questions. It's everybody just kind of riffing and being like, oh, I tried this and this. And for the first time in a while, I've felt encouraged by that, where I'm like, that's that internet I do like, like real, it feels like making friends and stuff like that. Like I get excited about that. So I was kind of curious of like, do you have any of those? Like, do you have any, you pop on the internet and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm talking to my friends. Yeah, d- definitely. Um, I mean, similar to you, uh, we haven't launched yet, but we, ha- we have a Discord as well. And, um, and I think also we also have, different discussions, especially um, when we do our, like our, our Zoom workshops. Um, the chat is live. Everyone's yeah, like talk, talking. Yeah. Um, and they're just happy to be there. And I think that's that's the most important thing. Like we're not here to to judge anyone. We're just like, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, speak your truth, speak your voice. Like, you know, um, obviously respect everyone. And I think that's the, the always the most important thing that we, we, we definitely um, make sure that you know, we, we have a safe environment, especially online, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, we, we encourage everyone just to like speak, you know, and speak up and, um, and participate. And I think that's part of, you know, really what community programming is. It's not one-sided, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. you have to, you have to give them a platform to, to, to voice their opinions and their thoughts and provide feedback and just, you know, have opportunity to talk. We talked about this a little bit, but you do all of this basically to help a ton of people. And then there's the annoying reality of like, oh, fuck, life is expensive. Like I have to pay for stuff. So I know one thing that you were telling me about, and I think you came at it from a pretty fresh approach, was you are going to make a Digilog Patreon. But I, to my understanding, you were really planning to add some dope shit to it to make it like quite the resource, like something that somebody would be like, oh, yeah, I'll happily pay money for this. What, what, what's that all about? Yeah, you know, after five years of like, you know, free programming and like everything being free, and we we wanted to figure out a way to kind of elevate um, our program as well, but also to be able to like figure out how does the community power us? How do we how do we continue to do what we've been doing for the next five years? And yeah. the Patreon is like a great platform, so we're going to be actually launching it um, January twenty sixth, and along with oh, our soon. new. 
And we're super excited because, you know, a lot of the perks, especially when um, it's important for us is to be able to consolidate all our content in one place. And the great thing about that is that because everyone's super busy, you know, there's a lot of people that reached out to me yesterday that couldn't make the workshop, but I was like, well, now you can just, you know, you're, you're a Patreon, you're a patron and, you know, part of the Digilog community, you can, you can tap in and watch the, the workshop anytime you want. And mm, um, nice. That's smart. And I, and I think the most important thing is that this, the educational content is evergreen. So we're going to keep adding onto it. So yeah. regardless of what you pay for that moment, you're still always going to get more content, you know, every month and very similar to like the whole like subscription model, but it's more than that. It's, you know, there's just this whole community of, of people that just generally want you to win. And mm-hmm. yeah. it's not like, Hey, I'm actually just going to pay for some, you're actually investing in yourself and you're also mm-hmm. investing in us because mm-hmm. we're investing in you. And it's reciprocated. Right. So we like to say that the community powers us, that the Patreon's going to power us because that's, what's going to allow us to really continue to grow and support all the programming that we've been able to do for the past five years. And obviously that was free and, um, it was out of pocket and, you know, um, for my expenses <laughs> and, you know, sponsors, but, you know, we want to figure out a way where, you know, the community is really investing in themselves um, because it allows us to, you know, continue to grow and, and hopefully reach a, a, a broader audience, you know, a, a bigger audience. And, you know, we've only tapped the surface in terms of who we can help. You know, there's more yeah. music creatives out in, in the world. And we've been able to see that, especially with the pandemic. You know, how yeah. do we reach, you know, this, this, you know, this global community uh, even yeah. more? Do you find that there's a specific subject that people are asking for the most? I think for the first, particularly for the artist community is definitely the marketing. Mm. Um, so we, we have a series called the deep dive that I, that I, you know, that I do and really kind of dive into just marketing and best practices for, um, for artists. And, mm. you know, during those workshops, like we actually do a workshop with like a real artist and kind of really go through like a mock scenario of like, what oh, we're sick. Gonna... like you'll do a real time build. Yeah, real time rollout, and um, really teach them like because my perspective is really to approach it from an independent standpoint, right? Yeah, so I take a lot of my learnings from, from from major labels and like how do we kind of like customize it into like what a, a independent artist is working with in terms of budget, in terms mm-hmm. of resources, and just really mm-hmm. like hey, it's doable, you could mm-hmm. do this and make it realistic. Yeah. And then for a lot of the music career um, audience, young professionals, we have. Like I said, our, our music career summit, um, you know, go, we have like our resume workshops. So like teaching them just to really optimize their LinkedIn. So just diff- different needs for different audience, but also sometimes they're one in the same where you're an artist, but also you also want to work in the industry. So you may participate in both. So um, when I look at it, like the verticals, again, you know, education is really at like the center. And then you yeah. have these arts discovery and music careers and it yeah. looks like a venn diagram sure yeah yeah i was picturing that as you said it okay cool i love that and then fun question to build on that and we'll do one from music careers and we'll do one from artists so music careers marketing um if you're consulting me or if you're educating me right now as an artist what is one thing in the current day and age 2022 like what's one thing that i absolutely cannot miss if i'm rolling music out like in your opinion what's a strong thing that people need to pay attention to you know your your story your content is going to be the foundation of with your relationship with your fans and Mm. 
it's just very challenging, especially as an artist, um, just to put simply just put your music out and expect results. If you just want to yeah. just manage that and just say like, hey, I just want to put music out for the art of it, um, not necessarily to make it a, a sustainable you know livelihood. Yeah, yeah. Just you have to separate the two. Well, yeah, you know, totally. You know, it's it's not like um, and you know it's like how do you make art into commerce? Well, there's you have to cross that path where. You know, I'm just going to put music out to put music out because I love it. But also, how am I going to make this into a business where right. and that's where artists have to do their part and understand, like, this is a different, like, you know, landscape where, you know, you're navigating against, you know, the attention economy, you know, yeah. people's attention yeah. and we have to figure out a way to, like, to engage with your fans in a consistent way where it's not just about your music, it's about your personality. Um, and you got to figure out a way that makes the sense, more sense, the most sense for you. Mm. But that's where I see the artists that are winning, especially the independent artists that have figured that out. Yeah. Like from what I'm hearing there is like, as an artist, if I'm in this position and I'm looking to put music out and I want it to land and I want it to get discovered, it's thinking a little bit bigger than just like, I put out dope fucking art. Why don't I have people paying attention? And more of like, how can I present myself on the internet to have more time in this crazy attention economy? And where can I present myself? And how can I, how can I present myself just past music to have more time that I'm speaking and saying shit? Is that kind of it yeah and, and and by doing that you have these all these different like interests and you, you never know like you know that's about like really expanding your fan base right mm. because i'm sure we love our favorite artists not just because of their music because of who they are <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah yeah how the how they are and how authentic they are and what they love so it's really expanding on that and i think just really teaching artists like you know it's not just about putting your music out anymore and um and you don't have to be the artist where like you're posting every day it's just trying to find your own pace and figuring yeah. out like all right so this content works so i'm just going to do this every other thursday or this thursday and you start to figure out like a, a routine or a rhythm and the way i look at content is like similar to tv where you just schedule it right it's like okay all right. okay you know for example friday fashion so like as an artist i'm a you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my new pair of like kicks every Friday, uh, every Monday, Monday motivation. So that's very common. So maybe I'll put out a quote or, you know, I do something that inspires me today and, you know, share that with the community. So it's really kind of branding and creating a schedule. So you're not, you know, trying to figure out when to put out content. That's yeah, dude, that is as much as that can feel a little bit heartless and it's like, oh, fuck, I have to schedule my creativity. I find it actually very helpful to just know some amount of a routine because it makes it more manageable. Going to the music professional and careers in music, something that I heard there is resume and LinkedIn. So what's the one tip? What for you, if you're giving advice to a young professional or a professional trying to further their career in music, um, on the industry side, what's the one thing you can't miss right now? Your activity on LinkedIn. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Dude, I keep hearing that and I'm I'm sleeping on LinkedIn and more and more. Like I kind of thought it was dead and I keep hearing it. So it, it really is like that still. Yeah. Well, when you think about it from a professional and just community standpoint, I mean, you have to have a profile. Um, yeah. and this is the most professional like social platform. So, yeah. so the way that you really you know, project what you accomplish and what you do and what interests and 
um, opportunities that you apply for, you know, not to say that you can't get opportunities on Instagram or Twitter, but this is where everyone's at. And it's not necessarily a job, you know, platform anymore. It's really a community because people are engaging, they're talking, um, they're sharing resources. There's a huge creator community that's starting to like um, really, you know, be part of the, the LinkedIn community. Um, I don't work at LinkedIn. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, only, I'm only speaking from my experience um, there, you know, just having, you know, our digital community um, be very active. Like we have a LinkedIn page and, you know, part of that is just education um, with within music careers, educating about different roles, obviously the music jobs, um, music terms, but yeah. just really just getting understanding of like the challenges that, you know, the young professionals are facing, you know, looking for jobs. Um, I like to say the clues are in the comments um, and in the posts, like, you know, you, you get a glimpse of like how to program, um, you know, for the community because they're there to, to voice their, you know, what they're, what they need help with. Damn. Cool. That's very insightful and helpful. I think that that's, I, I certainly personally was sleeping on that. So fuck yeah. Thank you. I love LinkedIn. Yeah, for sure. I don't work. Yeah. For I don't work. No, <laughs> this fucking CEO of LinkedIn is tuning in specifically to this episode of where are all my friends at the 56 minute mark being like, yes, yes, it's working. Dude, I love that. One thing that I like to do as well to kind of conclude the podcast, it's always very fun and it provides a very interesting perspective to me and maybe similar to the L's. But if you could go back to any part of your life or your career that potentially was a low low for you or a, a space of a lot of uncertainty, what point in your life do you go back to? And now with what you know, what advice would you give to that version of yourself? Yeah, um, definitely that moment where when I was 25, you know, like as as hard as it as it was to, you know, to leave that job, um, you know, I think I sh- I would have planned it a little bit better, you know, in terms of just you know giving myself a little backup plan because I literally just mm. left with no plan. No um, shit. Yeah, just just a little no plan, and I think just the, what I had to go through to like, but. You know, it's it's one of those things where you, you, sometimes when you <laughs> you make these decisions, you don't think you just kind of just it's, it's just an emotional decision. You're like, you're like f f this, yeah, I'm done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, I've got to figure this out now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so in hindsight, you wished yeah. that you had put a little more preparation before you fully yeah. just jumped. Well, so just give myself a plan just to like figure it out a little bit. You know, obviously I focused on my career and, and going back to my point earlier about spending time and being present. Um, I'm really like focusing on the relationships I have with my family, friends, um, hopefully have a family in the next couple of years. Just like really just be able to really prioritize that because I've focused on my career and the, the community for so long. That, wow. Um, you I almost forgot sure. about yourself a little. Yeah, so I want to make sure that's priority, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very conscious of that in terms of like how I balance things. Like for example, on Sundays is is family day, and when people reach out, I'm like I'm with my family. I can talk to you on Monday, and wow. yeah, so just being very um, just very clear with my boundaries when it comes to just like spending you know time with them. Yeah, dude, that's one where I'm like I. 
I definitely understand that more and more. Like at first I was like, ah, boundaries. Nah, I'm passionate about what I do. I'll do it whenever. And it's, I think both the, the balance is great, but it is kind of crazy because sometimes you put work so far forward that you kind of have that day that you wake up and you're like, fuck, I'm lonely. Like shit, this ain't right. Like you need this balance. And people and relationships we have, be it family or loved ones or friends or anything like, dude, I mean, I certainly appreciate it more and more of like, oh, this is actually the only thing that matters. Fuck. So that's cool that as much as you are about building community and work and putting your heart and soul in it, that you have been mindful of that. That's a great reminder again for myself. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I have to remind myself about that, you know, all the time. And yeah. just like I said, it's you, you just never know because as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you're in your case in, in terms of all the things that you're a part of. Um, just being just mindful of it, you know, knowing when to like not answer your phone, and, and that's something I always have to remind myself. Um, it's hard, it's, dude. I, I don't, it's hard. I don't have, I don't have the answer all the time, and you're gonna make sacrifices in terms of like, you know, the relationships and people that you have time with. And what I do appreciate is that when I do spend time with family, I only talk about family stuff like nice. i don't talk about music i don't talk about unless they unless they ask me so, yeah yeah you know I, I, want, I want to kind of just make it about them and you know just just listen and you know just just enjoy their my time with them so like i said this is something that it's ongoing balance is ongoing and that's for anyone that's you know listening now like it's not like a, a, a you don't have an answer for that you know at that moment but you have to work towards it every day yeah that's no, that's really, really cool. Dude, I had a feeling about you, but I <laughs> I really, really am so glad that we got to do this episode and understanding more of what you've gone through and built with the Digilog and everything. Like it's very reaffirming and exciting and motivating to know that there are other people in this industry that are really trying to build community and do cool shit because I just, I, again, I, I really believe that there is so much room for everyone to succeed. So when resources like that exist, like I want to hear about all of them. So again, for myself and for listeners, follow the Digilog on socials. Um, where else should I, like any other like website or the, the LinkedIn or like just like really, like how do you get that initial jump into educating yourself and, and getting involved? Yeah, just follow us across all our socials just because our content also is very different on Instagram and LinkedIn. Nice. But I think it's important to kind of, you know, just support us across all the socials. But yeah, it's an opportunity to really engage with the community, with like-minded folks, because everyone is in very similar spaces, you Fuck know, yeah. trying to really break through. And, and why not just, you know, don't put your pressure to do it by yourself. Why not come up together? You know, it's yeah. like, it's, we're all you know, that's really the biggest mindset that I changed, you know, early on is like putting all this pressure on me. I'm like, no, we got to do this together, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. And I, and, I, and I encourage that, but more importantly, thank you, Andrew, uh, for the, you know, more, the, where all my friends, family and, um, shout out to Nick for considering me for this opportunity. And I'm just happy to just, like I said, be, be here just to share our, my story and just to be able to just continue to, to collaborate with like-minded folks like you and, you know, do what we love. Yeah, dude. I feel like, again, it's like, I'm so stoked. Like I, I felt like there was something about you. And I think that 
the idea of the communities that we share and the circles that we're in were meant to be connected. So I'm certainly stoked on it. And uh, I don't want to obligate you to it, but I would love to have you jump on the Discord sometime after the episode comes out too and just like chop it up because I'm sure there's going to be questions off of this podcast and all that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to also share you know, the, one of my friends, um, the content, all, all the podcast episodes you created with the community as well. Cause Fuck I know yeah. they're, they're going to benefit from, um, all the interviews that you've had so far and really get to, you know, hear all the stories. So I'm excited about that. So kind of bridging the gap there too. Yeah. Dope. No, I love it. It's like, it's, it's funny. Cause it's like, to me, I feel like this is an artist doing a feature, right? Like I feel like <laughs> it's like, the, where are all my friends digilog feature? It's like, Oh, yo shit. Like they had the yeah. same style. It went together so well. So yeah. yeah. Any, any ways that we can keep doing shit. I mean, I love it. It's, it's my favorite thing. So dude, th- like just as much, thank you for your time and for sharing this. Cause it's, it's inspiring. No, thank you, Andrew. Um, thank you to all my fan, uh, friends, family, and yeah, just can't wait to hear your feedback uh, from the from the uh, the podcast interview and just to connect with you, um, you know, online. And uh, I'm here. Reach out. Hell yeah! So there you go, Drew's story. Hope you liked it. Hope you got value out of it. And if you're here at the end, I very strongly encourage you to go follow the Digilog and check out what he's up to. I personally am very intrigued and digging deeper into it myself. And it's really cool to feel like there's another like-minded community out there that's trying to grow and better themselves. At the very end, we talked about him jumping on the Where Are All My Friends Discord, which plug to the Where Are All My Friends Discord is a thing I would love for you to join. We've been doing a ton of voice chats where we all just go and hang. And a lot of the discussions in that voice chat have been super encouraging where it's kind of just everybody talking about where they're at in their careers and what they're working on. But it's been really fun because a lot of people in the Discord have different careers or different lanes, and we all just ask each other questions. And I've personally learned a ton. It's it's really cool. Outside of that, if you want to go above and beyond and support the podcast at the absolute highest level, you can go to patreon.com slash where are all my friends. There's a ton of bonus episodes and extended cuts of some of my favorite episodes, all that good stuff. I try to put a ton on there. Also, just share this episode on social media anywhere. Help other people discuss discover it, share it with a friend if you think they like it. Thank you as always for listening. Hit me up if you have other guests you want to hear from. I'll be back next week with another episode.